Across the Cavs is generally known as a podcast that gives you the latest happenings from your Cleveland Cavaliers. However, now, today, switching it up across the league, across the NBA, across the draft, across free agency, across it all. Bit of a crossover episode, if you will. Enjoy. Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner. College football season. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly. If you bet $1 or more on any college football game, so make sure you take advantage of this limited time offer now. You heard that right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Your favorite school's got a game. Why not win big? They win. You bet. You win. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code TBPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only, only at DraftKings. And a reminder, you must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. You can see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Again, for a limited time only. in free bets only at DraftKings. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. The day is Friday. It's August. It's the 20th. It's 2021. And eight years ago today, Anthony Bennett, yes, that Anthony Bennett, the number one pick in the draft, signed his rookie deal with the Cavs. He would not be long for Cleveland. Just about a year later, he would be sent to Minnesota with Andrew Wiggins, the following year's number one pick, to bring in Kevin Love, who still remains in Cleveland now seven years later, to the chagrin of many fans. But for Anthony Bennett, this is just a look back at history. And on a happy August 20th, tweeted out a picture today of the old backcourt duo of Brandon Knight, who wore number 20, And, of course, Jordan Clarkson, who wore number eight. So, this is the second across the Cavs this week. Why? Why am I on here recording when there's pretty much no news and I was just on the other day? Look, this isn't the Locked On Podcast Network who does some fantastic work. Evan and Chris for the Cavs, you know, Kane Pittman and many others with the Bucks, and those with the 28 other teams are out there every day pumping content. But there's so much happening around basketball right now that, you know, it's hard to just not get some, get some thoughts out there. And what I really want to do is just talk about the rest of the East, because if there's any chance of Cleveland being a top 10 team in the conference, we have to talk about the teams they might be better than. So a quick synopsis of where each team may stand in the East for the upcoming season. Start in the Atlantic division. The Toronto Raptors are a team that is still better than the Cavs, but coming off a year that was very unimpressive. They made some moves. They drafted Scotty Barnes. They paid Gary Trent. 
And, of course, they lost Kyle Lowry, but did replace him with a fantastic veteran in Goran Dragic. So, the Raptors are a team that will compete for the play-in, but there is nothing guaranteed for them. They'll probably be somewhere 7 through 10, unless they're lower, because there are some very stiff competition in the conference, and it's going to be hard to place them. The 76ers, Ben Simmons or not, they have Joel Embiid, who they just paid the big bucks to. They have former Cav, Seth Curry. They don't have George Hill anymore. They didn't have a big offseason, but the big thing is that they just extended Joel Embiid. So that being said, they'll be up there. We know the Sixers are better than the Cavs, regardless of what happened in the third game of last season. Then it brings us to the New York Knicks, a very intriguing team in the East. They added Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, Reggie Bullock, left in free agency. So they should have a very fun lineup to see next season. They re-signed Derrick Rose, paid Julius Randle, re-signed Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, sticking around as well. Another former Cavan there. Knicks are clearly better than Cleveland and should find themselves in a situation to qualify for the playoffs once again. The Brooklyn Nets are the Brooklyn Nets. What can we say? Colin Sexton dropped 42 on their heads, got the Cavs a win. And I was told two days ago by somebody who watches a lot of basketball, said, I, I don't like your Cavs. He said, I had a 10-team parlay going back in January, and that was the day that Colin Sexton lit up the Nets and beat them. So I smiled at that. Kind of makes me glad to see that the Cavs are still proving people wrong. And obviously, no one was going to bet on the Cavs outside of Cavs fans going against Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving, even in their first game together. But you love to hear things like that. I love counting out the Cavs, then watching them getting the job done. But Brooklyn's obviously better. And Boston, an intriguing situation. They brought in Dennis Schroeder. They traded for Chris Dunn and Josh Richardson. Also reacquired Al Horford. Via trade, re-signed old friend Ennis Cantor. It's going to be an interesting season. I don't have many other synonyms to describe it because Al is 36. The point guard room is going to be an interesting dynamic with Smart, Pritchard, and, of course, uh, Schroeder. They got the Jays, Tatum, and Brown. They'll be a top-five team, most likely. But let's move to the Central Division. Start with the Pistons. The only team in the division probably likely to finish below the Cavs. There is some talent in Detroit, but it's an extremely young team. They drafted well the last couple of years. Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey, Cade Cunningham. You know, their longest tenured player is Saku Dumbuya. You can't just get a brand new team and sneak into the playoffs. Jeremy Grant will have a good campaign. You know, they paid Kelly Olenek this, this offseason. It'll be a fun team to watch, but they're not better than the Cavs. The Chicago Bulls, definitely better than the Cavs now. There were still some questions coming in. They have a big three of Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic. They signed Alex Caruso. They have Lonzo Ball now. We'll see what happens with Lowry Markinen. But they got the young Patrick Williams, good two-way player. I'm excited for the Cavs-Bulls matchups, but very worried about the result. Where the Cavs picked up a nice win against them a season ago in one of the matchups, this is going to be very different. DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, they have a great big man now. So, yeah. Indiana Pacers. Interesting situation, again, is the word. If healthy, they have a very good starting lineup with 
Rogden, Levert, Warren, Sabonis, Turner. TJ Warren played two games last year. Karis Levert had, and they found uh, cancer, a cancerous tumor last year. They were able to get that, thankfully. And then you got Brogdon, who is a top, top 15 point guard in the league. Turner, one of the best defenders in the game. Sabonis is a now two-time reigning all-star. And they re-signed TJ McConnell. He's going to be the sixth man. They brought in Tory Craig. They did trade Aaron Holiday. They lost Doug McDermott. But there's some good pieces here once again. O'Shea Brissett is one of them. He had some good moments last season. Hard to say what's going to happen with the Pacers, but they have their old coach Rick Carlisle back after he was in Dallas for the last what, 13, 14 years. So probably a playing team unless they're at full strength for the entire year. The Milwaukee Bucks just won a championship, and it is darn good to see 2007 Summer League Cavalier P.J. Tucker, now an NBA champion, many, many years later. Great to see. Now he's in Miami, we'll talk about in a moment. The Bucks figured to be in the conversation to win the title, so whenever they play Cleveland, well, we're going to tune in at the start of the game, but it might get a little bleak towards the end. And for the Southeast Division, starting with the Orlando Magic, we talk about the youth of the Cavs. How about the youth of Orlando? So many key rotational guys under the age of 25 on this roster. We'll get Markel Fultz back. He's still young. He's under 24. We'll get him back hopefully on the earlier part of the season. Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, and RJ Hampton, three young guards who all bring a lot to the table. We'll have Jonathan Isaac returning, Jonathan Isaac returning to the lineup. He got hurt in the bubble. Then missed the entirety of last season. There is just so much to be excited about. Wendell Carter, Mo Bamba, the young bigs. They also got Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner's brother, who also re-signed with the team. So you got the, the Wagner brothers now playing together for the Magic. A team I'm very excited to watch, even from a Cavs perspective, them and Detroit. Cavs, Pistons, Magic are kind of all on a similar timeline. Uh, they've got the youth there. And so there's a lot to see. There's a lot that can develop there. So how about the Wizards? They got Dinwiddie, Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma. That was Contavious Caldwell-Pope as well. You know, this is going to be a very interesting season. They drafted Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga. They'll get Denny Avdia and Thomas Bryant back from injury. They had Daniel Gafford emerge at the deadline after they got him from Chicago. He looked very good. Hopefully, Davis Bertans plays well. He's going to be gone now that they have more forward depth. Wizards did lose Ish Smith. Of course, they traded Russell Westbrook, but they'll compete for a play-in or top 10 pick. Beal and Dinwiddie are very tenacious backcourt. A healthy Dinwiddie can average 20 to 22 a game, and he's a better shooter than Westbrook was. Hard to say what the ceiling is here, but probably going to miss the playoffs altogether. So the Cavs will be competing with them. The Miami Heat, they got Kyle Lowry. They got P.J. Tucker. That's all they really needed. They paid Duncan Robinson. They found more young talent in the undrafted free agent pool. Jimmy, Bam, Lowry, defense, defense, defense. These Cavs-Heat matchups will not be fun, but a win can be had because they did battle the Heat into a tight one last season. Jimmy Butler is still the leader 
but that is a team to monitor. The Charlotte Hornets did get to the play-in last year, but perhaps could be competing with Cleveland now, although they drafted James Booknight, they traded Devontae Graham, and they signed Kelly Oubre, formerly of the Golden State Warriors. So now Oubre, Washington, Bridges, and Hayward, very nice wing players there. They got Mason Plumley, a major upgrade at the center position from, from Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo, who's staying on as a backup once more. Plumley had a standout year for the Pistons. I think he brings a lot for them, and I'm excited to see what he can bring now in a new situation. An assist magnet, a couple triple doubles, good rebounder. He could finish inside. Unlike in Denver, where his minutes were very limited behind Jokic in the playoffs two years ago, Detroit was the perfect situation for him. So let's see how LaMelo does next to Terry Rozier. Just inked a nice extension. Congrats to him. All eyes will be on LaMelo and these Hornets. James Borrego just signed an extension. But again, you're going to have a hard time really breaking through in the East because the last team snuck into the Eastern Conference Finals last year. That is the Atlanta Hawks. How good were they? Trey Young went off all postseason. They won a couple of games in the conference finals. He was getting buckets, dropping dimes, putting up crazy numbers. Became public enemy number one at Madison Square Garden, world's most famous arena when they were battling the Knicks. You know, they were booing him in Philly while he cooked the Sixers all series long, despite a poor shooting performance for the majority of it. Helped lift his team to a major upset of the number one Sixers in round two. Even stole game one in Milwaukee, where he dropped, what, 49 points? That was the only home loss of the entire postseason for the Bucs, game one against Atlanta in the conference finals. They were two wins from the championship series, despite only one round of DeAndre Hunter. Very limited minutes from Cam Reddish. So, and what did they do? They brought in DeLon Wright. They drafted Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper. They re-signed Lou Williams. Hawks will be a lot of fun. They also got Gorgie Jang as an end-of-bench big. So much intrigue with the Hawks. Shout-out Trey Young. But, okay, this is across the Cavs, so let's talk a little bit about the Cavs and what we haven't really touched on yet. Well, what is that exactly? Let's talk about Larry Nance Jr. I haven't mentioned Tim a ton in the recent pods. He's a guy that has a very high ceiling, even still. He is now 28. He will turn 29 on New Year's Day. When he is healthy, Larry Nance Jr. is a lethal weapon. Kind of pun intended, not really. All in all, last season, nine points, seven rebounds, and three assists a game. He shot 47% from the floor. 36% from three was a career high. As were the 1.2 makes per. Free throw percentage is still low. The steals, 1.7. That is the highest he's ever averaged. 3.1 assists up there with his career high. The interesting stat, and I actually was unaware of this. I learned this on the last podcast or a couple podcasts back with, with Dan Galinsky of uh, King James Gospel. He's never played over 70 games in a season. He missed 37 out of 72 a year ago. 
He played 56 out of 64 in 1920, so that's still good. But he missed 15 games in 1819, missed 16 games the year prior, and then he missed 19 each in 15, 16, and 16, 17. It's not a ton of DNP CDs, but you want to see him be able to last 70 games, especially now that the year is going back to 82. He'll always have a spot in the rotation and always have a spot in our hearts because of the great work he did for charity last year and small businesses in the area. Obviously, his dad has his number in the Raptors. So, you know, that's pretty cool, too. But you look at Larry Nance, and he brings a lot. He can shoot. He's a good facilitator. He can dunk on your favorite player's favorite player. And as we were reminded every night with John Michael and Austin Carr, he was leading the league in deflections for the first couple of months. He was up there in the steals category, too. And he's just invaluable. There's no one stat you can look at even so. There's no one stat with Larry Nance Jr. that could just define what he brings. He's a Swiss Army knife. He's 6'7". He can play center, power forward, or small forward. He's got a high basketball IQ. He's got a high motor. He's active. And he just makes good things happen. You know, I'm always glad when he's healthy enough to be able to play. And he just – he brings – things you're not going to get from other guys on the team with Kevin Love you're just getting shooting that's pretty much it nothing else from your highest paid player with Nance getting a little bit of this and a little bit of that and the only thing still it's confidence when he's shooting the ball fast and he's not hesitating he's knocking him down it's when he hesitates that the problems are there. But he's made it over one per game in back-to-back seasons while shooting over 35% from the arc. So those are some promising numbers as he continues to get more looks and more attempts. And just a couple of signings from around the league. Mentioned Terry Rozier, now extending with Charlotte. Marcus Smart re-upping with the Celtics, giving them four more years of intelligence. Actually, five, because he still had a year left on his deal. Josh Hart signed a three-year deal with the Pelicans. However, the last two years are non-guaranteed. So if things don't work out, Cleveland could happen. Maybe. Patrick Beverly was traded to the Timberwolves right after he tweeted, grit and grind, let's go. He's excited to be in his new home. And Patrick Beverly, despite what I tweeted the other day, will not be coming to Cleveland. I actually don't want him in Cleveland, but the prospects would have been fun. There are no viable trade chips, or we're not doing a second deal with the Wolves. They probably view Beverly as a great mentor and hard-nosed guy for their youth. And Hamadou Diallo staying with Detroit. Had some good games there. He brings a lot. He's not going to be on your fantasy team. But, you know, and maybe just maybe as a last-ditch option, I really don't want this to happen. I don't expect it to happen. Maybe the Cavs will sign an offer sheet with Lowry marketing. He's still a free agent. And, you know, you look at what he does as a scorer and a floor spacer. I mean, just like Kevin Love and Larry Nance, he too has injury problems. But he does add some value for you. We'll see. I guess we'll see. I don't actually want him there, but it's just an option if they haven't signed anybody else. 
They should still look to sign a small forward. Ben Jones and I just two days ago talked about all the options that were there for Cleveland. And we'll see who they end up signing. But, you know, this podcast is essentially just let's stack up the teams in the East and then let's look at how the Cavaliers might do against them all. And so that being said, taking a look again, these are the teams I believe are guaranteed spots. So of the six spots in the East where there's no plan, let's take Boston, Brooklyn, Philly, Milwaukee, Miami, Atlanta. So that will leave the Knicks, the Raptors, the Pacers, and the Bulls as four teams that I believe will get into the play-in, which means Detroit, Orlando, Washington, Charlotte, and the Cavs will fall short. I'd love to see the Cavs get in ahead of one of those teams. And again, you play the games. It's not played on paper. A lot can happen. But I think they'll probably be somewhere in the 11 to 13 range. They won't be last. And maybe, just maybe, I'll be wrong and they'll get a top six because anything goes in basketball. But that's that. It's a quick podcast. Some words around the league. Some talk of Larry Nance. Hope you enjoyed. As always, I'm Zach Weiss. This is Across the Cavs. If you enjoyed, subscribe, rate, write a review. And heck, head to Twitter and at Across Cavs. Drop a follow for some unique content. Until next time, this is Zach Weiss. Across the calf. Sayonara. Adios. Peace.